Once again, greetings in Jesus' name. My motivation for preaching and teaching the Word of God is based on Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the Word of God is, one, it is alive and powerful, two, supper than any double-edged sword, three, it penetrates even to the dividing, four, of the soul and spirit, five, joints and marrow, six, it judges the thoughts, seven, and the attitudes of my heart and that of yours. I say this is my motivation, that the word of God is able, it is applicable and applicable for every generation even today. Complementary to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, we find Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. All scripture is, was, is and will be. There's never a time when the word of God was not efficacious or effective, but it's available, it is willing to reveal to us what and who God is. The word of God, as per Second Timothy 3.16, state these words, all scripture is. One, God breath, it means the word of God is sealed with the approval of God the Holy Spirit. It is, it, is, it is meant for yesterday, today, and tomorrow, even when we're gone, when this generation will cease to exist, the word of God will continue as when it came from the mouth of God. So it is God's breath. One, it is useful, I say, it is useful for teaching. B, useful for rebuking. C, it is useful for correcting. And D, it is useful for training in righteousness. I'm Kevin Williams from Death Postponed Ministries with my talk, Ancient Principles from the Bible for Today's Problems. There's so much and many problems in the world. I say the only antidote for problems is the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Therefore, my theme today this is my theme for you and for me. For the world that was, the world that is, and the world that will be. This is my theme. A sinful world needs a savior. A sinner needs a savior. And that person is none other but the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's the savior of your world and that of mine. A sinful world. This current world needs our Savior, our Savior that will secure, rescue, deliver, protect us from death, Satan, and destruction in our world today. This is what I say. Jesus was the Savior then. Jesus is the Savior now. And Jesus will be the Savior even beyond tomorrow. I say yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his wonderful name. It is my intention with this possible meditation to talk about our current word, the word that we have been investigating, the 17th word, the word cometh. It represents Messiah coming to your world and to mind. We discovered 
that the word impression, cometh, is found in Psalm 121, verses 1 and verses 2. In verse 1 of Psalm 121, the word cometh is the twelfth word, and is, and in verse 2, cometh is the seventeenth word. Cometh is known as an elementary intransitive verb of motion. It means God came to us. God came to your world and that of mine, not to condemn but to redeem, not to reject but to receive, not to blame but to receive blame in my place and that of yours. He died to set us free from sin and death by dying in your place and that of mine, to move with the purpose of reaching or to come into view. Two thousand years ago, God took on physicality, God took on humanity, and they saw him, Jesus, the Son of God, for the rescue of the creation of man. In the 13th century, the word cometh is an invitation to action. Listen to the word cometh, the 17th word in the Psalm 21 represents an invitation to action as a call or appeal to another for help. Come, come, come now it means when I call for help, God will not procrastinate, God will not delay, but on my call, God comes, even if we cannot see him today, but the Holy Spirit is in our world. I thank God that is not temporal, because temporality means limitation, means cessation. He start and he will disappear, not God the Holy Spirit. He is unseen, it means, uh, Jesus says, God is Spirit, it means God the Holy Spirit is here, there and everywhere, is local and global. He encompasses the entire universe, so there's not a place, even the highest heaven, it is where God is. Even I go to the highest mountain, God is there, so we cannot escape the reality and the entire presence of God in the world. God of the Holy Spirit is present in my world and is available even for you. So uh, the word cometh in the century, century, in the 13th century, was an invitation for help, an invitation to rescue, an invitation to deliver against Satan, the forces of darkness, whatever is a concern, I say you call on Jesus, and God will come amidst your storm. Therefore, the word come in Latin is very significant, insomuch that it means to be a companion. So Christ came into our world to be an eternal companion. He was the companion of Adam. He was the companion of Noah. He was the companion of Abraham. He was the companion of Moses. And I tell you today, Jesus Christ and God the Holy Spirit, because Jesus is out of the world, is in the presence of the Father, God the Holy Spirit is our eternal companion. He wants to be a fellow. He wants to be a friend. He wants to go with you 
everywhere you go, God is our constant and eternal companion. Therefore, the word come in Latin is very significant in summa that it means to be a companion. It further states that a word comes to denote originally a fellow traveler. There's never a time that God has abandoned our, our world. It cannot. God is not a man that he would abandon us. We have seen governments, big business. We see what happened uh, in the COVID pandemic time. Those who had to protect uh, did not. They abandoned us. But our constant companion, the eternal companion, God the Holy Spirit, is our fellow traveler to watch over us. The Bible says he neither slumbers nor sleeps. Why? He wants to save us. He's the sealed. He's the protected. The Lord is our sealed. Hallelujah. So we can conclude that the word cometh refer to a special visitor from heaven, our Messiah, Jesus Christ, to be our Savior and Redeemer. So Jesus Christ is the ultimate source of salvation. There is salvation in no one else but the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I said do not call on government. Do not call on important people, not even billionaires, because they cannot redeem. They cannot rescue. They cannot protect. They are the very cause of death and situations in our world. So we can conclude, I say, that the word cometh represents a special visitor 2,000 years ago, came from heaven to earth, our Messiah, the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Why? To be our Savior, to be our Redeemer, to be our Deliverer, to be our Rescuer. So Jesus Christ is the ultimate source of salvation for you and for me and for the entire universe. Our world, heaven and earth, needs the Savior of the world to sustain and to keep it. Humanity will not destroy the earth. I'm not convinced of... uh, um, what they say in a world we have, our world will not survive. We are not the creator of the world. We are not the creator of heaven and earth. The Messiah Jesus Christ is, and what he has spoken, he will keep and sustain. The word comes, refer to John 6 verse 38. What does the word comes basically mean? Now let us look at John 6 verse 38. For I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Now what happened? God took on humanity, received a name, the name of Jesus. And what does the name Jesus means? God with us. God who was once unseen, took on visibility, took on humanity, that he can be a companion Not to condemn, but to redeem. Not to reject, but to receive. Not to keep us down, but to take us from downstairs, upstairs. Therefore, with Jesus, I cannot have a nosedive, but I will have a sure skydive, because God, the Holy Spirit, is in our world today. This particular word 
introduces and represents the doctrine of salvation and the work of Christ on behalf of man. So the word covenant is comprehensive. It, it speaks about what God came to do in our world when he came to work our salvation on the cross, how we came to destroy the works of the devil. I say Satan was defeated then, Satan is defeated now, and Satan will be ultimately be defeated beyond our world by the person of Messiah, the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So the word cometh is very significant. This particular word introduces and represents the doctrine of salvation and the work of Christ on behalf of man. So special emphasis on Hebrews chapter 2 verse 17 for our study is relevant and important, I quote. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 17 For this reason he had to be made like them, fully human, Jesus, in every way in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. I say Hebrews chapter 2, 17 encompasses what the word cometh really means. For this reason, he had to be made like them, means us, humanity. He took on full humanity, the person of Jesus, in every way, in order that he might become God is merciful and God is faithful. He is a high priest. He, he made sacrifice on my behalf and that of yours. And God the Father received him being the ultimate sacrifice. Listen to the word of John. There's the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. No man can forgive but Jesus. I say no man can rescue but Jesus. No man can redeem but Jesus. No man can save but Jesus. You call on Jesus and God will rescue you. God will deliver you and God will protect you. Point A. Doctrine of salvation explained. Point A, doctrine of salvation explained. One, as per the Webster Dictionary, salvation means, and now I want to quote from the Webster Dictionary, the redemption of man from bondage of sin and the liability to eternal life and the conferring on him everlasting life. Point two, salvation is the application of the work of Christ, emphasis of the work of Christ, not of man. The work of Christ to give life to the individual. The goal of salvation, there's a goal. The goal of salvation is God's supreme and ultimate glory which he rightfully deserved. God deserves our praise. God deserves our glory because he gave Jesus not to condemn you or me, but to rescue us, to deliver us from Satan, sin, and death. 
Salvation is about God. And I want you to know that salvation is about God. It is God who did it for you and for me. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, whosoever believes on Jesus will not die but have everlasting life. So salvation is about what God did for you and what God can do for you when we call upon the name of Jesus. So God did not wait until we became holy while we were yet sinners. The Bible says God gave Jesus to be our rescuer, to be our deliverer, to be our savior, and to be our redeemer. So salvation, and this is important on the state. I want to state it clearly here and now. Religion cannot, but Christ can. Christianity as a religion cannot redeem you. I say Christ, the person, he will do it for you. So salvation is found solely in the man and the works of Jesus. No one else, no other prophet, no other religion, no religious people, not even the Pope, irrespective of how holy they are, they cannot redeem but the person emphasis but the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Salvation is found in no one else except in the person of Jesus Christ. Point three, John 3.16 reveals the doctrine of salvation applied. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son Jesus. Whosoever believes on him shall not die, but have everlasting life. I say, when we call on Jesus, God will come to the rescue. God will deliver. God will redeem. And God will save. Point four. Psalm 121 verse 2 introduces the doctrine of salvation from the beginning in Genesis and to the large page of Revelations. God is at work to rescue those who depend on God for salvation. You've got to be dependent on Jesus. Then God will redeem you because of your faith in him as the gift of God to the world. Point five, the word my tells me that all people on the face of the earth Irrespective if you are called a Christian, irrespective if you are called a Muslim, a Hindu, it is, it, is, it is irrespective of our religious titles. God did not die for our religious association. He died because we are human and we needed a Savior. And Jesus is the Savior of the world. Meaning God did something for me. God did something for you. What we cannot do for ourselves or by ourselves, God gave Jesus. Because he, we could not, but God can. Jesus says, for man it is impossible, not with God, for with God all things are possible. I say, give praise to the name of Jesus. He did the impossibilities. And he rescued us from Satan, sin, and death. Even the agencies of death in our world today. Jesus is able, Jesus is capable to deliver, to rescue, to redeem, and to save us. I want to re read something from Charles Cadwell Ryrie about his understanding of salvation. 
Now, Charles Kedwell Riley, point two, he was an American Bible scholar and theologian. He was a professor of systematic, systematic theology at Dallas Theological Seminary. Now this is what he says. Remember, we are talking about the doctrine of salvation, the work of Christ on behalf of you and on my behalf. Point one. Listen carefully what this man says. Point one. Even a casual look at the world quickly reveals man's condition in sin and the awful plight in which this fallen condition has left us. Point two. Furthermore, it is a condition against which mankind is completely helpless when left to his own human resources. Human resources cannot, God can. In spite of all man's expectations of a new society in which he is able to bring about peace and prosperity, the world remains shattered and torn by the ravages of sin locally, nationally, and internationally. The Bible speaks, however, of God's gracious plan to provide a solution to man's problems. We call it salvation or soteriology. Point three. Soteriology is a theological term and this is what it means. Soteriology, the doctrine of salvation, must be the grandest theme in the scriptures. It embraces all time as well as eternity past and future. It relates in our way it relates in one way or another to all of mankind without exception. It even has ramifications in the sphere of the angels. It is the theme of both the Old and the New Testament. It is personal and national and cosmic and it centers on the greatest person our world has ever known the person of Messiah, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Point four. According to the broadest meaning, meaning as used in scripture, the term salvation encompasses the total work of God by which he seeks to rescue man from ruin, doom, and power of sin and bestows upon us the wealth of God's grace, encompassing eternal life, provision for abundant life now, and eternal glory. Point five. The word salvation is the translation of the Greek word, soteria, which is derived from the word soter, meaning savior. The word salvation communicates the, the following thoughts and benefits. Benefit number one of salvation, deliverance. Benefit number two, safety. Benefit number three, preservation. Benefit number four, soundness. Benefit number five, restoration. 
And benefit number six, healing. So salvation in terms of Christ is an is encompassing the total restoration of man by the perfect man for the imperfect man, we, you and I. In theology, however, its major use is to denote a work of God. I say salvation is the work of God on behalf of man. And as such, it is a major doctrine of the Bible which include one, redemption, two, reconciliation, and three, propitiation, meaning the atonement of God received by the Father as the perfect work of salvation. Point six. On the other hand, salvation is described as the work of God rescuing man from his lost estate. On the other hand, salvation describes the estate of a man who has been saved and who is vitally renewed and made a partaker of the inheritance of the saints. I say God did something for us in Christ that I cannot do for myself or by myself. Now, point C, I want you to see what is the state, what is the status of man. Irrespective of who you are, what you have achieved, we cannot, if God is not for us, then we will not survive. The status of mankind. Men everywhere, irrespective of who or where we from, as per Ephesians chapter 2 verse 5, needs a savior. Now listen to this. Ephesians 2 5. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved, not of yourself, but a work of Christ. I say, while we were in death in our transgressions, God came to redeem you and to redeem me. Listen to Romans chapter 5 verse 8 and Romans chapter 5 verse 6. Listen to this. Romans chapter 5 is that. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It is the sinless that died for the sinner. It is heaven came down to rescue earth. Romans chapter 5 or 6. For at just the right time, while we were still powerless, helpless, Hopeless, Christ died for the ungodly. The, the godly one died for the ungodly. Romans chapter 8 verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, great love of God, reveal. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with his freely with him freely give us all things. Everything is in Christ. Christ is everything. John 15 verse 13. Now this is majestic. Greater love has no man than this. That a man would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus Christ died in your place and in mine. Not to condemn but to redeem. Not to reject but to receive. And to forgive us. Romans 4, 
25 again. Listen to this. He was delivered over to death. Death in my place. Death in your place. For our trespasses and was raised to life for our justification. As somebody says, as if we never sinned before. John 3, 17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. I say Jesus is the only Redeemer. He's the only Rescuer. He's the only Savior. He's the only Deliverer. He didn't come to condemn. He came to redeem. Romans 3, verse 23. Now this is the state of man. For all have sinned and fall sword of the glory of God. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 20, make this profound statement. Surely there is no righteous man on the earth who does good and never sin. The Bible says all have sinned. Even the billionaires that present themselves as a, the solution of the world, they are full of flaws. They are sinners that need a Savior, Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. Listen to this. But we are still as an unclean thing in all our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we do all do fade as they leave. And our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. The Bible says that our good works is like filthy rags. Now, filthy rags is basically meaning menstrual rags, and the only need for a menstrual rag, you dump it in a dustbin. It cannot benefit you. It cannot benefit me. I say when we were meant to die, God came and gave Jesus to redeem. Point C. I say that Jesus, heaven sacrificed to save you and me. Jesus, heaven sacrificed to save. Point one. Heaven came to earth. We find this verse in John 6, verse 38. For I came down from heaven, what does it mean? God took on humanity, received a name meaning Jesus. It means God is now with us to redeem and to rescue you and to rescue me. Not to do my own will. He came to be the servant of the Father. But the will of him that sent me. Point two. The sinless dwells with the sinner. We find in Hebrews chapter 2, 14, these words, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. This is the birth of Jesus, the Son of God. God took on humanity. He became like you and for me not to come and, and condemn you, but to redeem you. For only as a human being could he die. Remember, God, as God cannot die, but when God took on form, humanity, when he took on physicality, he was known to a cross. He could die. And only by dying, listen to this, only by dying could he break the power of the devil with the power of death. 
6.3. Dying to redeem mankind. We find these words in Hebrews chapter 9.15. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgression that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal life, the promise of eternal inheritance. Point four, results of dying in my place and that of yours. Let's hear 1 John 3 verse 8. For this reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy Satan, sin, and death. On the cross, sin was judged for in the body of Christ. By the resurrection of Christ, everything now is under the feet of Christ as per Romans chapter 8, verse 38. Let me read Romans chapter 8, verse 38. Paul says, for I am persuaded that. Now I say this is, Christ is victorious over ten categories of life. Paul says, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, not things to come, no height, and not depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which are in Christ Jesus. So Jesus is victorious over death, over life, over angels, over principalities, over powers, over things present, over things to come, over height and depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which are in Christ Jesus. So these ten victories Jesus accomplished for your benefit and that of mine. I say, name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for sending Jesus to our world. In conclusion, I want you, my listeners today, to make your choice for Christ. In 1 Kings 18.21, the prophet Elijah challenged the people and said, 1. How long do you linger between opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. Jesus Christ, our Savior of the world, came into the world as per Matthew 6, verse 24, and posed this statement. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. By the grace of God, I will despise Satan and the agencies of darkness. I will cling to Jesus. He is my Lord, my master, my rescuer, and my deliverer. Yes, he's my savior. Jesus says you cannot serve God and mammon. So you've got to make a decision. But the prophet Joshua closes this discussion when he said these words in John in Joshua chapter 24 verse 2. This is what Joshua says. 
choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Grace and peace to all of you. Make your choice for Christ. This is Kevin Williams from Death Postponed Ministries with my talk, Ancient Principles from the Bible for Today's Problems. I say again, my theme, a sinful world needs a Redeemer, the person of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The peace of the Lord be with you until we meet again. For Christ's sake, Amen.